Bates the Rant. My name is Jeff Rackleman. It is Thursday, November 4th. Got a quick one for you today, as you can probably see from the timestamp on this bad boy. But just some wide receiver cornerback matchups for you. Did want to start the show, though, with some news about a wide receiver. You may have seen what's going on with Odell Beckham Jr. He is essentially away from the team. The team is excusing him from practice is the way that it's being put. Uh, There is a big rift between these two parties, and I don't think there's going to be a good resolution here uh, in terms of, you know, a, a, a kumbaya moment where everybody is just cool, we hug it out, bro, and call it a day. I don't think that happens. Now, Jason Lockenfora from over at CBS Sports did say that as of right now, it looks like the Browns are completely willing to just completely burn a 53-man roster spot, which is crazy, to pay him to not play. That's where we are. If you have Odell Beckham Jr. right now, There's no resolution with the Browns that's likely. In theory, could the Browns ultimately come to some kind of financial resolution here and then part ways with him? Yes, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So if I really needed a roster spot and I have Odell Beckham Jr. right now, I would cut Odell Beckham Jr. right now. As crazy as that is, that's where we are. All right, let's dive into the matchup upgrade and downgrade information for wide receivers here for week nine fantasy football. You can get this info over at ftnfantasy.com. Use the promo code RATPACK. You can get in on the wide receiver cornerback matchups tool, the DVP tool, the and that's defensive, defense versus position, the shadow coverage index, so many other tools as well, plus rankings, projections, and the Discord chat. The very, very popular, I did not think it was going to be this popular, Discord chat, but uh, all of that as part of the subscription. So go check it out. Tyreek Hill gets an upgrade, and I lead with him just to make sure that I remind you that I'm talking to two audiences here. Yes, Yes, I am talking to a season-long audience where you're always going to be starting Tyreek Hill, but I'm also talking to a DFS audience where Hill's price point may not always be appealing. Well, this week he is appealing. 18 targets last week. This week gets to face a Packers defense that does not have Jair, that has Eric Stokes. Kevin King looks like he'll be back this week. Chandon Sullivan. I mean, the matchup's beautiful. Sullivan almost exclusively in the slot this season. So Hill will see a bunch of him. And, uh, well, when you look at that matchup, so far this season, Chandon Sullivan has allowed 95% of his catchable targets to be caught, opposing wideouts to score twice against him this season. Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley. Let's not freak out over last. Let's never freak out over last week. Let's look at the bigger picture here. Last week's numbers could fool you, especially with Emmanuel Sanders. So I already noted this, but it is worth repeating. Xavier Howard shadowed Diggs. Byron Jones shadowed Sanders. Cole Beasley got shadowed by Nick Needham. If you are Josh Allen, who would you throw the ball to? (laughs) I mean, it's pretty obvious here. That's not going to be the case this week. And I really, I love Diggs this week. Tyson Campbell on uh, the outside there, especially when he's up against him. There's no no shadow coverage in this one. But when he's up against Campbell, giddy up, baby. Campbell's allowing 16.1 yards per catch. 
Opposing receivers have converted six of nine contested targets into catches. Not much there that's challenging for Diggs. Debo Samuel. Oh, man, he's been awesome this season. Ranking second among wideouts and receiving yards. And he's going to keep on rolling here. Now, I know the last time he faced Arizona wasn't the best day from a productivity standpoint. I mean, he got in the end zone in that one. But let's not forget, Trey Lance was under center in that game. Now it's Jimmy Garoppolo. The the offense is obvious a little bit more wide open. It's not wide open, but it's more open, let's put it that way, (laughs) with Jimmy G under center than with Trey Lance, who largely got covered up. So, that being said... It helps for Debo, and it's especially helpful when he goes up against Marco Wilson, who he should see about 35% of the time, just over a third of the time. Wilson has allowed a team-high three scores, opposing wideouts, averaging 78% catch rate in his coverage. I like Cooper Cup. I like Robert Woods. I like Van Jefferson. Let's be clear. Van Jefferson's value really didn't change with Deshaun Jackson being released. I don't know where that came from. I didn't actually read the Roto World blurb. Maybe it said it in there. Uh, Jefferson's value doesn't change. Jefferson's value is still essentially what it is. I mean, it gives us a little bit more clarity, but it doesn't really change. He's still the number three receiver. Now, it's a good offense to be the number three receiver in, and all three of these guys have appeal. Now, uh, I really like the Elijah Molden matchup out of the slot. He's only been in tight coverage, 13% of his targeted routes this season, so receivers are getting open, and uh, (laughs) Cooper Cup is getting open, so he should have no problem here. Uh, Janaris Jenkins for Woods and Jefferson on the outside when they get in his coverage, 89% of his catchable targets have been caught this season. Marquise Brown versus Minnesota. Brown is getting open like crazy. And uh, you can do so against this Minnesota defense. Bashad Breeland allowing 15.5 yards per catch. And finally, Devontae Parker uh, versus Houston. Tua Tungavailoa seems to be rolling here. Great matchup for Tua. Great matchup for Parker. Really like this. Even though he's battling through the injury, last week was very effective. 8 for 85 on 11 targets. And then when you look at him, when he faces Terrence Mitchell on the outside... Mm, Giddy up. Opposing receivers have been targeted in the end zone five times against Mitchell. That bodes extremely well here uh, for Devontae Parker. Parker's in a great spot. I I really like him this week there against the Houston Texans. All right, let's take a quick break, and then I have some matchup downgrades for you. I said earlier in the show, and I say it all the time, if we're just simply looking back to last week, that's a results-based approach, and it's not a great way to go about things for fantasy purposes. And I know if you look back to last week from Mike Williams, you're probably pretty pissed off. You probably think he stinks, but he doesn't. But we also can't look back to the beginning of the season and say, well, Mike Williams was an elite option. He put up elite numbers, but... He's really, actually, he's more than we hoped for. We drafted him as basically about wide receiver 40. He is a top 24 fantasy receiver. My buddy Jake Sealy said it very well. We do a live stream every uh, Wednesday, which you should check out. But Jake said that, well, if if this guy, and you could fill in the blank, Brandon, I think it was about Brandon Cooks, who I'll talk about in a minute. But if it's Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, doesn't matter. If they were a wide receiver one, we'd be ranking them as wide receiver ones every single week. Now, Mike Williams is going to be ranked more likely as a wide receiver too most weeks. And yes, 
he is trending back from where he was earlier in the season, but he's really more or less leveling out. Now, to be fair, this matchup is not good. Uh, he is like likely to see plenty of Darius Slay, who's allowing 7.1 yards per catch this season. Allen also, Keenan Allen also a downgrade in this one. Avante Maddox in the slot, 8.2 yards per catch allowed, so they've been very stingy. All right, on to Brandon Cooks. I do think there's a strong potential for a shadow from Xavier Howard in this one. If you are the star, you get the star treatment. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Now, Tyrod Taylor will be back in this one, so you get Tyrod back in the mix here, which I, I think helps. Probably, well, he, he's not going to throw a ton, but he's more competent as an NFL quarterback than Davis Mills. So he'll be under center. That helps. But Xavier Howard, now, I, I guess it's not terrible. He has allowed five receiving scores in his coverage, but just a 55% catch rate. Cooks isn't a disaster for season long. I'm still using him in season long. I'm still using Mike Williams, still using Keenan Allen. DFS are going to fade these guys very likely. But Cooks, I mean, hey, he put up decent enough numbers last week as well in a tough matchup. Cortland Sutton, very likely going to see a shadow from Trayvon Diggs. Diggs, has he's no longer a secret. He is basically a household name at this point. He has been excellent over the first two months of the season. Six picks, four PBUs. And he's done that while traveling with the opposing number one. So wise to temper your expectations for uh, Sutton, that that is, this week. On the other side, CeeDee Lamb also tempering expectations. Uh, Looks like he had a minor ankle sprain in practice this week. I don't think it's going to sideline him, but he will see his share of Patrick Sertan in this one. Patty Sertan the second, and he has been excellent this season, as advertised. He's been in tight covers, 32% of targeted routes, which is a big number. Lamb will face him a bunch in this one. A.J. Brown versus the Rams. Now, there is, uh, well, no Derrick Henry. But at the same time, I don't actually think there's going to be a shadow from Jalen Ramsey. It looks like Julio Jones could be back in this one uh, and and good to go. But regardless, I don't expect a shadow from Jalen Ramsey. That's just not what the Rams are doing. But there's no way around it. This is a tough matchup for Brown. Canarius Tony versus the Raiders. Sterling Shepard looking doubtful. Kenny Galladay looking iffy. So in theory, volume, but in the slot, Nate Hobbs has quietly been very good this season. Seven yards per catch allowed on the year. Brian Edwards on the other side. Uh, Well, yes, the target volume should increase in theory, but he's going up against James Bradbury, who has been very effective at keeping plays in front of him. Just 9.6 air yards per target in his coverage this season. Marvin Jones versus the Bills. (sighs) <sighs> the Bills secondary is really stinking good. I, I think there's a fair case to be made that it's the best secondary in the league right now. Tredavious White leading the way, 49% catch rate. He's been in tight coverage, 41% of his targeted routes. It's insane right there. And then finally, just in case you were thinking about getting cute, Tajay Sharp versus New Orleans. Calvin Ridley is away from the team, so Sharp is stepping into that role in this offense. There is appeal in certain matchups, but this is not one of those matchups. Now, I don't think Lattimore shadows. If Lattimore is going to shadow anybody, it would be Kyle Pitts. I'm not quite sure that happens, but regardless, it's just a good secondary as well, so it's not an optimal situation here for Tajay Sharp. All right, tomorrow we'll be back. I'm going to break down the matchups here for Week 9 going game by game. In the meantime, at Jeff Rackliff on Twitter, at Jeff Rackliff on Instagram, And, of course, FTNFantasy.com. Go check it out. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.